Welcome to Elation Space, a mental health podcast, and I'm your host, Camila. So, I usually, whenever I start an episode, I start by a story, and then I take you the heading. Well, not today. So today I'm going to start with, a, with uh, the topic, because unfortunately, I do not have any story concerning this topic of today, but I have some amazing statistics about it, so hopefully you'll enjoy it. So we'll be talking about food addiction. Yes. Now, do you know that the World Health Organization declared obesity a global epidemic in 2003? Like this guy sat in an office and decided that obesity is too much, we should declare it a global epidemic. Wow. I mean, okay, I was, I was actually shocked. Like, a global epidemic because many people are getting obese out there so this is a matter of global concern people should check into their health anyway so the prevalence of overweight and obesity in both developed and developing countries continues to rise in 2016 it was estimated that 39 percent of adults were overweight and 13 were obese let me put it in a way that maybe you'll understand how shocking this is 51% of people were overweight or obese like that is half of the global population that was overweight or obese over half 51% wow well obesity and overweight also pose a significant economic burden I know you might be asking how is obesity affecting economy i know i, I was actually like oh how does how does this add up so i went to do research and actually realized that obese people miss more days of work <laughs> that's how they affect the economy so the absenteeism um they are more absent at work compared to non-obese people and work at less than full capacity when they're at work they're less productive compared to non-obese people According to research from multiple countries, obesity also increases the likelihood of unemployment and lower lowers wages. Addition, addition, additionally, premature deaths from obesity-related disease, which also imply a loss of potential future economic contribution. Yes, so that's how overweight and obese obesity affect the economy. I came across some statistics. Unfortunately, I the stati- statistics that I came across are from America. I really tried to look for other statistics, like from a global scale. But hmm, only go for America. You know, these Americans usually do like statistics for everything, and these statistics are also from 2016. So pardon me with that. Um, but I hopefully like right now it's actually even worse there than when it was in 2016. Um, so the statistics are about the burden of obesity on American economy. And the first one is chronic diseases caused by obesity and overweight accounted for $480.7 billion in direct healthcare costs in the United States in 2016 with an additional of $1.24 trillion in indirect costs due to loss of economic productivity. Wow, this is a lot. Number two, the total cost of chronic diseases caused by obesity and overweight in the United States was 
1.72 trillion dollars or 9.3% of the country's gross domestic product GDP. Like the total cost of chronic diseases caused by obesity and overweight in the United States had costed the United States 9.3% of its GDP. In 2016, 180 million people or 60.7% of all the population in the United States aged between two, two years and over were either obese or overweight. Oh boy. Like in 2016, over 60% of the U.S. population was either overweight or obese. 60%. So only 14%, only 40% were falling under the healthy or below, but 60% were overweight or obese. Finally, to the last statistic, just over one in three young adults aged 17 to 24 is actually too heavy to serve in the U.S. military. Yes, like a third of young adults between 17 and 24 are too big for U.S. military. Yes. Okay, so those were some statistics that I thought I should really mention while I was starting this episode. So. We are officially going to start today's episode. So I'll be talking about food addiction again. So what is food addiction? Food addiction is loosely defined as hedonic eating behavior involving the consumption of highly palatable foods like food which are high in salt, fat, and sugar. So these are people who eat a lot of food in quantities beyond hemostatic energy requirements. Food addiction is a mental health issue, actually, in which persons become addicted to food, especially processed junk foods. Food addiction is similar to drug addiction in that it is an addiction to, okay, you know, like the way someone gets addicted to drug. Now, this is a person who gets addicted to food. It's actually a new term and high quality data on its prevalence is actually scarce at this point. So people are still doing research and science about it. So it's not that prevalent. Food addiction resembles a number of other disorders such as binge eating disorder, bulimia, compulsive overeating, and other feeding and eating disorders, which I'm actually going to talk about them in the next few minutes. So the notion that a person can become addicted to food has recently gained traction. This is based on brain imaging and other studies of the effect of compulsive overeating on the brain's pleasure centers. Experiments in animals and humans show that food, particularly high palatable foods, activates the same reward and pleasures centers of the brain that are activated by addictive drugs like cocaine and heroin. People who exhibit signs of food addiction may develop a food tolerance in which they eat more and more only to discover that food is no longer satisfying them. Food addiction, according to scientists, may play a significant role in obesity. Normal weight people, on the other hand, may suffer from food addiction, but their bodies could simply be genetically programmed to handle the extra calories they consume better compared to others. So to compensate for overeating, they may increase their physical activity. You know, like to get a balance. You more calories eat and you also increase your physical activities, you know, for calories out 
food addicts will continue to eat despite negative consequences such as weight gain or strained relationship. People who are addicted to food, like those who are addicted to drugs or gambling, will have difficulty stopping their behavior even if they really want to stop their behavior. Now, let's go to some of the most obese countries in the world. So I did get a research and um, so I just gathered the countries that in which over 50% of the population are obese. And the leading country, which is also known as the fattest country in the world, is an island called Nauru. Yes, I think it's a micro-Asian, I'm not sure. But it's an island. I actually went to Google to see how their people are. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so Nauru takes the lead at 61%. Just imagine, like America in 2016, <laughs> where 61% of the population were um obese or overweight so i think maybe america now has reduced that uh the percentage that's why they're not appearing in this list but nauru takes the lead as the fattest country in the world or the world with the most obese or overweight people with 61 percent followed by cook islands at 55.9 percent followed by palau at 55.3 percent followed by Marshall Islands at 52.9%, followed by Tuvalu at 51%, and Niue. Actually, Niue is an island. <laughs> I actually Googled it because Niue is like a Swahili term for kill me. So I was like, really, is this a country? <laughs> so I went to Google it. So yeah, it's an island, Niue, at 50%. 50% of its population are obese or overweight. I was actually shocked I didn't find some countries in this list. And one of them are the Samoans. Samoans, I don't know, maybe it's just me or something. Like, if you watch um, Samoa, especially in movies, you always see most of them, that um, they usually portrayed as bulky. I don't know why, but they usually portrayed like people, you know. And I love the, their arts, you know, their cultural arts. I really love the Samoans, you know. I think the Moana, Moana, the, the animation Moana is from Samoa or something of the sort. But their people are usually very bulky, but they're very beautiful, and I love their art. Oh, very beautiful. So, I oh, 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 I also noticed that in this list there was no Mexico. I don't know why, but I remember I watched a documentary of how Mexico is being affected by Coca-Cola. People are getting diabetes. <laughs> they are getting diabetes. It's not a joke because of Coca-Cola. I think, I don't know what's the name of that documentary. You can go and search it on youtube yeah it, it's a pretty nice so you see the effects of coca-cola and how people drink coca-cola like water over there and they're really getting affected by it yeah okay okay sorry <laughs> side story zoe so let's go to the list of best countries in the world so i decided to take um the like 10 list with list of best countries were less than five percent so these are countries that have less than five percent of the population overweight or obese and the first one which is the least 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 country vietnam yeah followed by bangladesh followed by timor leste followed by india followed by cambodia followed by nepal followed by japan followed by ethiopia followed by republic of korea and then Eritrea. I don't know if you realize that actually the list of best countries worldwide in which have less than 5% of their population overweight or obese 
are actually from Asia and two countries are from Africa, which is Ethiopia and Eritrea. The remaining ones are Asians. Asians, what are you people eating there? Give us the secret. <laughs> really, actually talking about this because lately I've been watching a lot of K-dramas and I've never seen a fat lady or a fat man from South Korea. Now that makes sense. I've never seen a fat person from South Korea. Really, I have never. And I've watched pretty a lot of K-dramas and none has a fat person. Okay. They need to tell the secret to the people of Nauru. <laughs> they need they need the tips. Okay, so um now there is a difference between food addiction and eating disorders, as I'd mentioned earlier. Now, understanding the distinction between food addiction and eating disorders necessitates an examination of what eating disorders are. Eating disorders are classified into several types. I'm going to highlight three of them, which is anorexia nervosa bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorder the first one anorexia nervosa is an eating disorder characterized by extremely restrictive eating extreme thinness a relentless pursuit of thinness and a refusal to maintain a normal or healthy weight just so as you become petite or petite anorexics are characterized by a strong fear of gaining weight and they also have a distorted body image and low self-esteem that is influenced by perception of body weight, beauty standards, and shape. Physical symptoms may include osteopenia or osteoporosis, anemia, brittle hair and nails, lanugo in severe malnutrition, low blood pressure and heart rate, potential brain damage, and periods of time without menstrual circles in female, or puberty delay or absence in both males and females. So these are people who, let me call them um, further left, like they don't eat, like they really have this ideal of to be as thin as possible. So they go on a full malnutrition diet, you know, like no eating or they can survive even with less than 200 calories in a day. That's a disorder, man. that's That's a disorder. The second one is bulimia nervosa. So this is defined as recurrent and frequent binging episodes with a lack of control or the perception of a lack of control over binging episodes. Typically, binge eating is followed by compensatory behaviors such as purging, excessive physical activity, abuse of laxatives or fasting or a combination of all this. Individuals with bulimia have a healthier or more healthy body weight than those with anorexia. And typical symptoms include sore or inflamed throat, neck and jaw gland swollen, tooth enamel erosion and sensitivity, GI distress and acid reflux, dehydration as well as electrolyte imbalance. Now, let me call this the middle people. Like they will binge eat and then they now compensate it with excessive physical activity you know like you eat and then you now start working out to make sure you lose all those calories you're just from taking some hours back so i'm putting them in the middle and we have the third one which is binge eating this occurs when people experience a loss of control over their eating with binge eating periods that are not followed by compensation behaviors now you know this ones now are unlike the bulimia nervosa in which they will binge eat and then they over exercise 
These people just eat. They don't exercise at all. The binge eaters just eat and no exercise. Those who binge eat are more likely to be obese or overweight. So this category is mainly mainly made up of people who are overweight or obese. Symptoms include eating a lot of food in a short period of time, eating when you are not hungry, eating quickly, and eating until you are uncomfortable. Those who binge eat typically do so in private. You know, they are afraid of being seen. Uh, may engage in various dieting behaviors without success. May have separate financial accounts or money for binging. Like you literally have an account for just buying food so that you eat well, well. <laughs> and many experience distress, shame, and guilt as a result of binging. Finally, Eating disorders and food addictions vary greatly. Although food addictions appear to be similar to binge eating, they are more related to eating patterns, pleasure, and reward. Eating disorders are a type of a psychological disorder that is caused by both environmental and genetic factors. So these binge eaters, I'll call them far right. I think you yeah, with me. I, I remember I told you that um, I'm going to mention the three. The eating disorders are classified in several types. And in my case, I decided to choose three. That is anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder. So anorexia uh, nervosa, let me say, it's further less. These people are obsessed with being thin. Like they literally do not eat food like at all. Very unhealthy. So we call them on the left side. Bulimia nervosa, on the other hand, are people who binge eat, but then they compensate it with over-exercising. So they burn the calories that they are from eating. Then finally, the which are in the middle, and finally the binge eating disorder, um, let me say that the farthest right, these are people who eat and eat and eat and no workouts. Yeah, so they don't have the balance. Okay, so let's move to what causes food addiction. Food addiction is most likely the result of several factors interacting in the overall cause of this disorder. Addiction can develop in either a man or a woman for biological, psychological, or social reasons. Biological factors that may influence the progression of this eating disorder include hormonal imbalances, abnormalities in various brain structures, side effects from certain medication, pardon, and having family members with addiction issues. It could also be a result of psychological factors, which are emotional or sexual abuse, being a victim or survivor of a traumatic event, an inability to cope with negative situations in, an, in a healthy way, chronic low self-esteem, experiencing grief or loss may also fall into this category. Um, actually, it's weird because this hits on me because personally, I have an issue. Like whenever I'm stressed, I overeat. Yeah, this is so me. Like I find comfort in food whenever I am stressed. Only when I'm stressed. If I'm not stressed, I'm happy. I hardly eat. Like I don't eat like the way when <laughs> I mean, I love food. Don't get me wrong. But whenever I'm stressed, they find comfort in food. I remember there was, like, there was a time, the last time I was grieving. Oh boy, did I eat. I ate. I ate. <laughs> Okay, so such psychological factors can influence an individual to use food as a coping mechanism. This is so me. To alleviate the painful emotions that may have resulted. Finally, there may be social consequences to food addiction, such as disruptions in family function, peer or societal pressure, social isolation, 
child abuse, a lack of social support, and stressful life events. Food addiction can be linked to other co-occurring disorders such as eating disorders or substance abuse because food addiction is a complex mental health issue that can lead to serious complication if left untreated it is strongly advised that professional assistance be sought in order to effectively recover from this disorder. Now we'll be moving to some of the symptoms of food addiction. So one of them is um, if you eat until you're sick, you might, be, uh, might have an addiction to food. You worry about not eating certain foods or about limiting your intake of certain foods. Um, when certain foods are in short supply, you go out of your way to obtain them. Despite feeling full and having just finished a nutritious meal, you begin to crave another food. <laughs> yes, that means you, have, you probably have a food addiction. You feel guilty after eating certain foods, but eating them again soon after, you feel guilty, but you didn't eat them after that, after your guiltiness hasn't even evaporated. Making excuses for why responding to a food craving is a good idea is not always a good idea. Attempting but failing to stop eating certain foods or establishing rules for when eating them is permitted, you know, such as cheat meals on specific days and all that. Frequently concealing the conception of unhealthy food from others. Are you the one who hides the cake or the snacks? Why? Why are you doing that? And finally, feeling powerless to stop eating unhealthy foods despite knowing they cause physical harm or weight gain. Now, with these symptoms comes consequences. Food addiction has consequences. If you or a loved one has struggled with a food addiction, you may be aware of the effects it can have on various aspects of your life. If food addiction is ignored or untreated, it can quickly consume your life, causing harmful and chronic symptoms. Understanding how this may affect various aspects of your life may encourage you to seek assistance you require and deserve. Some of the consequences of food addiction are, uh, I have categorized them into physical effects, psychological effects, and social effects. Now, I'm going to start with physical effects of food addiction. Um, it may lead to heart disease, diabetes, kidney or liver disease, stroke, arthritis, lethargy, headaches, reduced sex drive, sleep disorders, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, obesity of course, malnutrition, uh, and osteoporosis. Yeah, you can Google that. Then we go to the psychological effects, which we have. Some have suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the laws, they might have self-esteem issues that they always think, maybe I just kill myself because I don't fit in these beauty standards that people apply out here. Um, Stad is depression, panic attacks, increased anxiety levels. You might feel sad, hopeless, or depressed, or despairing. Increase irritability, especially if desired food access is restricted. And finally, emotional numbness or detachment. And finally, the social effects of food addiction. We have poor performance at work, isolation from family and friends, family units are divided, a loss of interest in previously enjoyed hobbies or activities, avoidance of social function or events, the risk of jeopardizing one's finances or career. Now, 
what if you have found yourself or after all this information you realize that maybe you are suffering from food addiction what what will you do now there are some steps to recovery from food addiction a few things can help you prepare for and make the transition from junk food easier first you can make a list of the foods that trigger cravings and or binges these are the foods to avoid at all costs second make a list of fast food restaurants that serve healthy foods healthy foods and take note of the healthy offerings this may help to prevent a relapse when you're hungry but don't want to cook so you can just order from these restaurants and you order healthy foods and finally if you're asking yourself what should i eat what foods should you consider always consider preferably healthy foods that are liked and eaten on a regular basis always i prefer going for vegetables or fruits furthermore do not go on diets it is difficult enough to overcome a food addiction adding hunger and stress to the mix is likely going to make things even worse so that are steps to recovery so um however we still have food addiction treatment so the treatment for compulsive eating or food addiction should address the individual's emotional, physical, and psychological needs. The treatment will concentrate on breaking the damaging habit of chronic overeating. The goal is to replace unhealthy eating habits with healthy ones while also addressing issues such as depression or anxiety. Treatments that could be beneficial include 1. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy this is called CBT, which is a type of psychotherapy that aims to identify and change negative thought patterns while also developing new coping mechanisms for food addiction triggers. Number two is medication. Medication may be used to treat symptoms of depression or anxiety that may be underlying compulsive eating. Number three is solution-focused therapy. A therapy can assist an individual in locating solutions to specific problems, triggers, and stresses in a person's life that lead to overeating. Number four is trauma therapy. A psychotherapist assists a person in coming to terms with a trauma that may have caused compulsive eating. Number five and my last treatment method is nutritional counseling and dietary planning. These services, you can actually seek them from nutritionists. There are a lot of them out there. All people usually bring diets. So these services can assist a person in developing a healthy approach to food selection and meal planning. Finally, although some people can gradually reintroduce problem foods into their diets, others must avoid them indefinitely in order to maintain control over their food addiction. You should pay close attention to how your body reacts to your problem problem foods in order to determine the best long-term management strategy for you. If you require professional assistance to lose weight, kindly consult your primary care physician to determine which options are best for you. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, and as always, kindly, kindly follow us on our social media handles. That is on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Elation Space. We also have a blog or a website, um, elationspace.com.blog. Also, we are on, apart from, we are on Spotify, Anchor FM, we are on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Kindly subscribe 
to our podcast so you get notifications and always be on the lookout because we release an episode every week and they're pretty enjoyable actually yes so if you have been with me till this point in time i just want to thank you so much hopefully i will get to see you next week yes if you have any questions that you want to ask can you do so on our social media platforms relation space at relation space on facebook linkedin and twitter ask us whatever you want or you can contact us on email at relationspace at gmail.com so till there i'd like to say thank you again have a wonderful day or night from wherever you are in the world goodbye